Welcome to Gross Anatomy. Live at Gross Anatomy. This is the last podcast of the year. Wow. The Next time we year. speak to you, it will be 2020. Holy moly. I know. So welcome to our end of year podcast. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. Where we explore the sights, smells, and sounds of medicine and how it relates to pop culture, movie, TV, the world around us, but basically how it relates to me. Yes. <laughs> and you. This is, uh, yeah. Yeah. How it relates to both of us. Exactly. And uh, it's the end of the year. Yes. And... 2019. 20, that's crazy. It's about to be 2020. The future is now. I know. And, uh, yeah. Do you have any... Uh, <laughs> I was just thinking, yeah. I immediately went to regrets. I was like, I don't really have any regrets, but no, that's what we're not We're regrets. not talking about that right now. That's, that's not the format. So today's today, what we're going to be talking about before we do our recap, mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about, uh, I have the idea, since it's New Year's Eve, you know, episode or end of year episode, that we discuss some regrets that we may have had either over the last year or within our life that we're interested in sharing, mm-hmm. as well as resolutions uh, and bucket list things that are maybe on our bucket list right? or to-do list and things like that. Yeah. And certainly I have a few that relate to medicine and all of that stuff, but and, and hopefully you'll have some interesting ones too. I have a few. Okay, good. So that's today's episode. That's today's episode. But well, what are we doing before we talk about today's episode? Um, well, last week we talked about your you started the slow walk movement, right? As Andy Lastner, Andy Lastner, your friend, who's Ellen's, who's producer. Ellen's producer, has this big uh, movement on Instagram. I saw one of his videos recently. He was um, filming. Uh, I guess his wife was putting up lights in his like little gym area. Oh. It was not, <laughs> and she was like, "It's for the kids." He was like, "This is this is where I work out. This is my space." Right. So I think it's getting uh, invaded already, which is funny. He's a very very funny guy. But you don't have a home gym. You go. I go to a gym. You go place. to a gym. Yeah. I, it might be easier if you did like he did. We you just wake up at five a.m. and just go downstairs. Maybe, but I don't know if I would be as dedicated. I think part of the thing that motivates me to do it is is I have to get up and go somewhere and I'm paying some place to you know a monthly membership and that kind of motivates me a little bit you're still, everybody's different yeah but you do it every day I, I feel do. like before Andy started you were still doing it every day I was day. doing it waiting yeah. for him yeah, yeah 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 but he's just a teeny drop more famous than I am just a <laughs> yeah he's teeny pretty popular yeah. he has Ellen join his movement right a lot of other celebrities and I'm all on board yeah it's yeah. awesome um well then our new format we go into pop culture so end of year pop culture. I mean, there were no favorite medical shows. I can't think of like medical pop culture that's like medical best pop of, culture. worst of. Like new great medical show. Mm-hmm. I do not know. I mean, we li- both liked the Netflix series Diagnosis, which right. is basically a reality show. Trying, and then we did not as much like the one that was on a network. Uh, I don't know. What, I don't remember which one, but the Cure, right? Or Chasing the Cure, right? Um, I can't. Chernobyl had some medical yes. to it, and that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. I did watch a teeny drop of that episode um, of that show about that woman who goes back to med school. Oh, right. Uh, I mean, to be I didn't a watch it. What I watched is something a drop about of it. what is it like? Karen? What is it like? It's a basic name. Carol. Some Carol. Second, second act. act. And it didn't. Uh, 
it had a laugh track, and I thought the premise was good, mm-hmm. but it, it didn't uh, it didn't keep my laugh attention. track is so, so hard much, to get used to now. Yeah, and with so much on TV, you know, it just it, just it doesn't grab you right no, away. It's got to yeah. grab you right away. It's mm-hmm. Unfortunate or good. Yeah. I, I actually was telling my kids about how when I was a kid, TV was basically like seven channels. That's all you had. You had channel mm-hmm. two, four. Five, seven, nine, eleven, thirteen. That was TV. And then That's everyone talked, which people and are nostalgic about because everyone talked about the same shows. Right. Like, but we did that this year with Game of Thrones along with everyone else. We so, did. I mean, there are still some instances of like right. millions of people but getting excited about the same show, but the not very frequently. Stuff, there was, yeah. there were like, that was it. Right. So that was, that was a, it was interesting to discuss that with my kids who have no clue about that. Right. Like, what, that was like well I mean soon people aren't I feel like kids aren't even going to know like NBC like CBS like it's all going to be just like Netflix HBO it's just going to be whatever you can exactly easily click on I agree your computer I agree so so new era so what uh, 2020 2020 so talking about some regrets are we there let's just get into it let's get into it so I have uh, one of my regrets not just this year, it's, it's a medical regret. So one problem with medical education is there is zero business skills. We do not learn anything about how to be business savvy, how to prepare for one's retirement, how to set up uh, investment accounts, how to decide to invest, how to run a business, how to market, how to advertise. There is nothing in medical school or college preparing you to be a doctor or residency that's a good point that teaches you that for a lot of career paths and but you ridiculous. should have to have a business class yeah the only in plastic surgery interestingly enough the plastic surgeons because it's such a competitive elective type of field when you go to their meetings they do in their meetings have a little sections in their meetings about how to market how to promote how to the plastic surgeons, okay. of course. You know, you would realize that. But no one else. So one of my big regrets is when I first got into practice after my fellowship, I actually just walked by him now on my way up here, which made me realize it even more of a regret. So one of my friends, a fellow surgeon my age, um, my peer, um, he and a group of guys got together and started what's called a surgery center, an outpatient surgery center, um, where the, the purpose of them is to not have to bring your patients to do these surgeries to the hospital, to do it in an outpatient setting, as long as it's not a surgery that needs to spend the night, um, to do it in this outpatient surgery center. It's easier, you don't have the bureaucracy of a hospital, so you just bring them in, you do the procedure, and they go. Mm -hmm. The format of that, it's a business venture too, because they're often owned by doctors either totally or in part. Mm -hmm. And the doctor owners, get to, keep, in addition to their performance fee, their, their fee for their, uh, the surgery they're doing, they actually share in the profits that the, anytime a patient has a surgery, there are, the patient pays two fees. I, I don't know if you knew this. They pay the surgeon, the surgeon's fee, mm-hmm. but then they pay the facility, the hospital, or where the surgery's happening, the surgery center, the facility fee. Okay. And what people don't realize, everybody thinks, oh, doctors are rich. No, only the smart, business-savvy doctors, who aren't many, get rich. Right. But the hospital collects sometimes 
5, 10, 20, 50 times what the surgeon is getting paid. So this smart doctor got together with a group of his his peers and said, and started a surgery center where they said, we're going to collect that facility fee too. Mm -hmm. And he came to me right away, right when they started it and said, we haven't even started it yet. Join us. Pay a a sizable investment, Mm -hmm. which, which would have been hard for me to come up with, but doable. I probably could have scraped it together. He says, invest that money with us. And you'll be one of the founders, basically, of this surgery center. And I said, no, I don't think so. I don't know. It doesn't seem right to me. I don't think I have enough kind of cases to bring to an Mm -hmm. outpatient facility. I do everything at the hospital. Plus, my mentor, who's a great guy and a great surgeon, also didn't seem like a business guy and didn't help me with business advice. And so I said, no. Those guys... That surgery center grew like like a tumor. I mean, it, it was so, so successful. And they had later on generations of guys that bought in, bought in, bought in. But the guys who bought in when I could have bought in were making a lot of money. Enough money to really kind of have the practice where if I wanted, I could work, pick and choose when I wanted to work and really just use that surgery center money to live my life. I know, but and you I never hate know. Those guys, <laughs> even though they're my friends. It See, that's me. why I don't really. I mean, I know everyone has regrets, but I, I'm not a very nostalgic person anyway. So I don't like to like look back because. Say you said yes to that. You never know. I yeah. guess I see things in movie terms. I'm yeah. like, what if you said yes to that and something else like went Very wrong? True. For sure. And who knows? Had maybe had I joined, I would have had the the rotten touch, and the thing would have gone to pot anyway. Yeah, but I see what you're saying. But yeah. that would be so hard to say yes to not I, in your situation that you're describing. But had I had like a business sense, had I had any kind of mentorship, which is one of the reasons why I run this pre-med right. program. Had I had any knowledge at all about stuff and life mm-hmm. and what surgery centers are all about, I probably would have said yes. Right. And not even knowing, but I probably would have been like, okay, I'll scrounge it up and make it work. Yeah. So, I mean, there are so many things like that in life, I feel, too. Like, you don't... Nobody teaches you. And you no. just have to learn the brutal, hard way. Right. And you have to be willing to say yes sometimes. Uh-huh. Um, although that's a costly yes. Like, I could have lost a decent amount of money. Right. Um... Another, just related to movies and TV, somehow my dad knew when I was in, I don't remember if it was towards the end of high school or college, my dad, who was, I don't know if we ever talked about it, was a mob lawyer. Did we ever yeah, discuss I mean, that on you and this I have. podcast? No, not on no. this podcast. So my dad was a lawyer and knew a lot of interesting characters. And somehow through all the people he knew, one the, towards the start of the summer, my dad said to me, Hey, Jason, would you want to go work post-production in Europe on Godfather 3? And I said, <laughs> no, I'm oh busy. I have plans gosh. this summer. Da, 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 da. That seems like an easy yes for you, knowing you now. Now, in hindsight, yeah. why didn't I say yes? Granted, the movie was awful and bombed and whatever, but mm-hmm. that could have been the coolest experience, being in Italy, working post-production, so Godfather 3. With Al Pacino. Al Pacino. Mm-hmm. And Andy Garcia. Mm-hmm. What a schmuck. Sophia Coppola, who maintains that she ruined the movie, but still. Right, right, right. Yeah. Could have met her. Isn't that an interesting... Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm trying to remember what I actually wound up doing that summer. I mean, that's why, they, yeah, they say to say amazing... yes more. Right. But I feel like you do that now. Now I do try to say yes. Yeah. Maybe even too much. Yeah, I do that too. Maybe now we, I need we've to learn learned to our lesson. No. <laughs> 
Yeah. Now you've overextended yourself. For a little sure. bit. Yeah. Um, what about you? Tell me a regret. Big regret? I mean, I really don't. I literally think in terms of like, if something had gone better for me and I didn't like go back to Tulsa, maybe I wouldn't have met my husband. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think in terms like that, like, I don't know. Right. I don't really have a huge big regret. Do you have a little regret from the year? I mean, I wish I, I would have gone to film school. Like, if I had known that's what I wanted to do yeah. before I went to college. Like, uh-huh. you know, I wish I had... Like, I hear about all these filmmakers being like, th- they knew they wanted to do it since they were four. I wish right. I had gone. But then it was just too much money anyways, you know? Yeah. But I'm, you know, if I maybe had prepared more, I could have gotten a scholarship, all that right. kind of stuff. Right. You still can. I still can. And I mean, but it's just so much... No, uh-huh. not at all. No, I mean... And then a lot of other filmmakers are like, why would you pay $50,000 and waste your money? So right. I'm like, oh, well, who knows? I think it's about yeah, things. it is. It's all a game. Yeah. One thing that I, that I tell all my pre-med students and I tell my kids um, a regret that I have is that um, I went to college four years. I went to med school four years. I went to residency five years. I, did five, I never took any extra time like a semester abroad or a gap year. I never did yeah, I never any did of that, that either. to go play and enjoy and just live and But I feel explore. like not everybody can do that and just like afford that. I mean, no, there's a price to it. There's a price, but there are ways to scrape by, you know, living, yeah. you know, doing True. odds and ends. Yeah, the opportunity presents kid, itself, right? Especially when I was a kid, you could work easily in places. So, mm-hmm. and... And I went to a state school that cost practically nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, that was one of the things, one of the Compared reasons why I went to state What they cost school. now, I yeah. know. Um, to save money and stuff. So that's another regret of mine. You know, when all these kids tell me, now i got to hurry, I can't do this and that, I'm like, slow down, take some more classes, learn, you know, learn the weird, wacky stuff because you're never going to be able to learn that stuff or mm-hmm. take some time and travel. So that's another regret of mine. I mean, yeah, I just, I guess I have more resolutions and to-dos. Okay. And, like, I don't want to... All right, so let's hear... I don't want to be bitter. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to resolutions. Laura, yes. why don't you begin? Resolutions? I have, I mean, I figured we were going to talk about health and wellness side of resolutions. I mean, those are most people. You can talk about anything you want. Maybe you have more interesting, but I've been saying I'm going to take uh, kicks kickboxing class for like over a year now and I haven't Mm. basically because I'm intimidated to even go in there because I feel like I'm so out of shape but I gotta just go do it embarrass myself whatever the best thing with that is try to do it with a friend who's just or partner or someone who's just as bad as you are yeah so you could kind of laugh together and I'll definitely take the beginner class and I'll just do it whatever yeah what are you doing so you sign up for it I didn't sign up for it, but I think... Did I, you look at a schedule or a place? Yes, I know the place I'm going to. You know the I place. I do. And then I'm going to try to cut out some of the bad things I eat. I'm like not going to go on a crazy diet. Like what? Like, um, if we go out to eat and the side option is french fries, I'm going to start saying no. I'll have the salad that I won't really like, but I'm going to force myself to say no to french fries. Uh-huh. And eat less pasta, which is, like, my favorite thing uh, ever. I know. But you, I think you got to still make sure that, like, maybe once every month or once every six weeks you, you have... You cheat, yeah. You got to You got to yeah. have... You can't... Because otherwise it won't work if you deprive yourself totally of it. I no, I know. I'm just right. like, uh... Because I'm already vegetarian, so I'm like, I don't want to go on a crazy different diet. But, um... Right. I can at least do a little few things. Right. And then another thing I want to do is uh, write every morning. Like, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson... Yeah. Said he just, you know, he even has like four young kids and he wakes up before them and he writes every morning. So I want to start making sure that 
that was part of my plan. Like, That's great. Malcolm Gladwell, I don't know if you... He has that 10,000 hour rule where yeah. like you can become yeah, we've talked about accomplished. The one who wrote Outliers. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, yeah, if you do 20 hours of work a week for 10 years, you can become an expert in anything. Right. But I think that's a little bit of hope. It is, like, but, but there's some but truth to still, it. Still, I mean, yeah. obviously, practicing every day will only yeah. help. I, um, you just made me think of a TED Talk person that I really like, also named Mel Robbins. Have you listened to her TED Talks? No. She talks about that. Um, you can do anything. There, anything you you want to do, you can do. Mm-hmm. It's easy to do it. You just have to do the work, and right. then you could do it. Mm-hmm. And and I, a lot of people kind of talk about that. You you want to lose weight? You can do it. You just it's it's easy. You mm-hmm. just have to really do the work. And she talks about the first step. You know, you just like getting up out of bed in the morning rather than hitting snooze. You just got to kind of. Get up and do the work, Mel Robbins, and I, and I recommend you. It may help motivate you to go to that kickboxing class. That's, that's okay. what made me Mel... think about it. Mel M E L Robbins. Okay. she's great. Ten talk. I haven't watched one in a while. Oh, I'll really? Watch that. Yeah, she's she's. I really like her a lot. Okay, cool. Uh, what other um, resolutions do you have? I feel like you've pretty much done everything in life you wanted to do. Am I wrong? You are wrong. <laughs> you are wrong. I have many resolutions. Um, one that I had started before the this year ended several months ago it came to me um that i was trying to do before my 50th birthday but i didn't hit um so it'll be the goal of this coming year is to try to really get down to my high school weight or just thinner and the reason is i was thinking about it it's not that i want to get thinner i just part of this whole getting older and aches and pains thing Mm -hmm. i think has to do with the weight we carry on us I think we're carrying, my knees are carrying more weight right now. And I Mm -hmm. think if I weighed less, it'd be easier to walk and I'd have less pain. There's certainly a component to that with back pain, with leg pain, knee pain, any of that. No, I mean, I've talked to an orthopedist that basically, yeah, says you're absolutely right. So, So part of me wants to get down to a low enough weight that I don't ever feel like burdened by my weight. Gotcha. And I, and I think, you know, I just want to feel more fit. I just want to feel more fit. That's why I want to go to kickboxing. Yeah, so that I feel good. So so that's definitely one resolution. Um, I think I have a bunch of other to do. I do want to spend, even though I think I've, my wife will disagree, but I think over the years I've been spending more and more time with my kids and wife. One of my to-do lists is to spend more time with my kids and my wife. The, the problem with that is my work wife, my surgery partners, want me to spend more time in surgery mm. with them. So it's always a, a tough balance. Work-life balance. Which doesn't exist. So that was the other thing I kind of wanted to talk about. Oh, I read that too. Are you, uh, I read that Ariana Huffington, I don't know when she said this, but she said the work-life balance is a myth. It's a myth. She Can you believe that it. too? She probably got it from me. She, maybe she did. She did. Work-life balance is a hunk of buoy or hooey. Because the reality is anybody who's great, in order to become great, had to spend, like Malcolm Gladwell yeah. said, 10,000 yeah. hours doing it. Mm-hmm. When they're doing that, they're not doing something else, right. which probably they should have, could have been doing. Right, right. So, so I think, you know, what I like to think about it is, there's, something's always going to be suffering. It's got to be. In order for you to put a lot of focus and energy in one thing, something else is going to be suffering. And you just have to kind of pick and choose mm how much and where and when but the balance there's no balance
Yeah, and she mentioned what you end up doing is giving up on sleep, which I feel like you do. Which is what Which I could do. be a big mistake because it hurts your health right. and ability to process information right. and innovate. And believe it or not. In your relationships, which you're trying to lose sleep to improve. Right. And believe it or not, I want to try to write also. Mm -hmm. And there are some mornings that I do, but I think in order to write, you know, since I kind of made that decision to try to write a little bit, maybe I've done it half dozen to a dozen times rather than every morning too. Mm -hmm. Page a day, right? A page Mm -hmm. a day. You just got to put down a page a day. But... I think I'd have to get up at 3 in the morning. And you would because do you're doing your fitness. And as it is, fitness. I'm getting up at 4 in the morning or so, 4.15 in the yeah, morning. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, I think you do have to pick and choose. You I don't. pick and choose, I think, and it's depressing. Yeah, I mean, I don't have kids, so I don't have, like, Yeah, you're lucky. Half year. No, that's <laughs> not true. Sure. It's great having kids. I know. I mean, obviously. Yeah. But, all right, so, bucket list? Bucket list. You go first. So, bucket list, which just basically is a term that comes from what you want to do before you kick the bucket. Which means die. Which means die. Yeah. Oh, do I have to go first? I didn't really... Yeah, you go first. I mean... uh, Okay, I'll go first. Okay, good. You you know what? I mean, everything. I want to do everything. See, now, so, when I was younger, I wanted to do a lot more. Mm Mm-hmm. And... I think I was born an old man a little bit. Like, my friends and I joke around that we kind of... And my wife hates the fact that I'm kind of like an old man. Like, I went ziplining once, didn't want to, but I did it. Mm-hmm. Done. Never want to do it again. Yeah. Um, I used to want to go skydiving when I was younger. Scared of heights, scared of the thought of skydiving. But we never did it. It just never worked out with the guys that I was going to do it. Alan Brown was one of the guys I was oh, going to do okay. it with. Um he in his, in his wheelchair and another friend, but we just never coordinated the, the right time. And I, in high, I didn't really want to do it. It was just something yeah. I felt like I had to do. Yeah. Now I have no desire to do yeah. it. Totally That's definitely that. like a bucket list item, yeah. but I, yeah, I took it off mine too. And I then it. I used to want to, you know, I used to say, oh, I want to travel the world. Mm-hmm. Yes, to some degree, but unfortunately I've gotten spoiled again, you know, mm-hmm. so Air travel is so unpleasant. It's not like it used to be. And, and schlepping and lugging luggage and all that, it's, it really takes a lot out of you. And when you get back, you're more tired than the vacation. Well, so that's why my bucket list is, I guess, like, I want to live out of the country for, like, two years. Right. Like, so I want to live cool. somewhere else. Right. And I always used to say that, like, I wanted to go to Spain or somewhere like that and live. Right. That's what I want to do. And I would love that. But I also haven't seen America. And yeah. I would love to... See America. Yeah, that's what my husband and I, we did, we went to Maine this year. We did like an East Coast road trip because I've yeah. never been to Boston. I've never been to Maine. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of U.S. great places. That... Great place. Scenic places. Right. Yeah, it's a shame. Um, before, so went 20 years ago. I, 20 years ago or 21 years ago, before I moved out here, um, I knew I was going to be coming out to do this fellowship in cancer surgery at Cedar sinai and my mother had lung cancer. And stage four. Totally. I don't... Did we ever discuss this? I don't know. You... I mean, you mentioned that there yeah. was, like, a possible treatment that she couldn't yeah. get because right. of insurance. That's all we've talked yeah. about. So she had stage four lung cancer, and the the, the end was inevitable. Mm-hmm. But she was still pretty well, and, we ta- and she knew I had this fellowship, and we talked about we would drive together across country. Oh, yeah. And... That's a regret. Ah, uh, but there's nothing you could have done. No, no, no. 
But now I would love to do it with my right. kids and wife. You know, that that's a bucket list thing. So would you have to wait till you're completely done with the surgery practice? No, uh, no, we could do it anytime. I've also, I know that air travel doesn't really work this way anymore. You buy your tickets online. But I've always wanted to, like, I, I saw it in a movie once. I don't remember what movie. But they just go up to, like, the ticket agent and they're like... I want a ticket to wherever. Wherever's yeah. flying, like, in an hour. Yeah. Like, I would love to do that. Just, like, not know where you're going and not have amazing. a plan. Like, that's on my bucket list. Yeah, I've thought about That's on your bucket list. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I've thought about that, too. Yeah, that that's pretty amazing. Any other bucket list things? I mean, there's all, I mean, there's all stuff I hope to achieve, you know, someday. I would like to sell a script, you right. know, like, little, I mean, but that's more, like... I don't know, work action items. So one bucket list or to-do thing is I definitely want to see all three of my girls happy with someone, mm-hmm. not alone. Right. If they have kids, I'd love it, but I just want to make sure all three of them are happy and okay. I think that's great. That's I think, a bucket list Yes, thing. that's nice. Um, oh! What? I finished watching The Irishman. What do you think? I thought performances great. It was great. Every, I fell asleep. Joe Pesci was great. Yes, I think so too. I only fell asleep, I think, because I was just oh, really tired. It. No. Oh, you haven't finished it? I did. I woke up and I finished it, but I want to watch it all entire, you know, like in right. its entirety. Like, I feel like I didn't watch it the right way, but what I did, I really liked. I didn't watch it in its entirety. I watched it like three or four separate mornings at the gym. Oh, see, I want to watch yeah. it and I only want to like, in the, I think I'm going to watch it in the morning, drink some coffee. Like Interesting. But I, um, I really enjoyed it. I, I thought the whole stuff with Suki Stackhouse, I'm blanking on her name. Suki Stackhouse is the character from Oh, his Blood. daughter, yeah. I'm, yeah, what's her Anna name? Anna Paquin, I Anna think. Anna Paquin, who I like a lot. Yeah. But didn't need to be there at all. No. Was just... And she they didn't even flesh out her role that much. So the whole stuff with the kids, I, I didn't think needed to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's more just like... What you give up to be a gangster. Like, right. I mean... Or what you give up to be no work-life balance. Right. No True. matter what it is, True. you give up. Like, unfortunately, you know, you give up. Mm-hmm. No matter what it is you're doing. Right. But, I, yeah, I really liked what I what I saw of it. Yeah. So. Yeah. De Niro was great, too. Mm-hmm. Pacino, too. But Pesci, yeah. Pesci was great. He just commands the screen, which I get why now they were, like, hounding him for so long to do it. He did yeah. not want to do it. Right. And the and I watched part of the recap. You know, at the end of it, they have Scorsese, De Niro, Pacino, and Pesci talking. Oh, the round table talk. Yeah. I watched that, too. I watched part of it. I didn't watch it all. But they said how Joe Pesci played a role different from his normal roles. Mm-hmm. Even though he was a mobster, he wasn't like... Ah, ah, yeah. You know, no. he was, and he was, like, a quiet thoughtful mm-hmm. scary guy um there's this thing on netflix called the movies that made us and yeah, one I of saw, them so, there's that? only like four movies on there and i didn't think i would like it but then i got hooked it's like dirty dancing home yeah. alone die hard but anyways the home alone one because joe pesci was in right. home alone so apparently like he would be he's only used to like scorsese and like cussing in films so right. whenever he would be getting mad he would be like throwing the f-bomb right so it said that he kind of developed his own kind of like and then when you rewatch it and you watch how he gets mad, it's like he is like it's a, a foreign language almost that he's like made for this character. Yeah. So he's not actually cursing. I liked him a lot in a movie called With Honors. Did you ever see that yes. movie? Yeah. Cute little movie about Patrick Dempsey was one of the guys in that movie who then went on to Grey's Anatomy fame. Mm-hmm. There's the medical. There's the medical twist. With Joe Pesci. That was a really fun cute maybe I should watch that with my kids. No, Joe Pesci is kids. great. Yeah. 
It's an interesting movie. I think one of them may have been like a pre-med or something like that. Moira Kelly, Brendan Fraser. Great little cast. Yeah, I remember Brendan Fraser. I don't really remember it and that Patrick well, though. Dempsey. Okay. And Joe Pesci played a, a homeless guy, a bum that they took in. Right. It was great. He was a Harvard bum. That's That was the thing he said. Well, I'm glad you watched it. I feel like it was a movie kind of made for you like and me. We both like that kind of world. The Which Irishman. Movie? The Irishman, yeah. yeah. But I'm told Motherless Brooklyn is something worth I still saying. Edward that Morton's yet. movie. I, I will definitely watch either. that. Yeah. I also watched Marriage Story. Oh, you did? I did. I didn't watch it yet. It was great, but heartbreaking, but great, but also It's not going to depress me? It might. It might. Oh, well, I need Anyone who's married, I think, it's, it's <laughs> kind of... It's, it's like... great, and it's so well done, actor-wise performances, the writing. I think it's right. real. Well, it's I'm definitely going to watch it. And Alan okay. Alda plays one of the lawyers in it. And I think he has Parkinson's he does. now. He does. And I don't know if that was his character or he used it. I'm not sure. Oh, but that's in there that he has Parkinson's? No, oh, okay. no. So you couldn't really tell. Okay. You couldn't tell. I was trying to, but I was at the gym again watching it, so I don't know. All right. So, yeah, that's on my list. I mean, I don't, know what, our, I don't know what our movies. Christmas movie, usually my family... And I, we, like, go to a movie every year for Christmas. But, oh, that's but fun, yeah. it's really hard for us to agree, the older that me and my brother get. Oh, We're it's very pick, picky, yeah. Uh-huh. I don't so even know. I want to see, um... I feel like the women. movies are all on Netflix Little now. Women? Yeah, but my brother will not go you see that. You want to see that? Mm-hmm. Mm. I can't think of, what, like, a family I movie. I don't think Motherless Bro- No, that's not Usually we go see a Tarantino film, but his movie came out right. already. We already all saw Star Wars. Oh, yeah, no. We're not a Star Wars family. I really, I don't want to see that. I want to see that. That would be the easy one. Mm-hmm. But no. Okay. I don't know what else is going to be out there. I don't either. Yeah. Maybe we're not going to go this year. No, I'm sure you will. Find out. Do you have any uh, gross anatomy stories? Do I have any gross anatomy any stories? Any gross stories you want to end the year with? Any, any kind of medical stories? Medical advice you want to end the show with? stories. Well, end 2019 with. And wow, you're putting a lot of pressure <laughs> I on me to come up with a gross... I thought I would keep wow. putting pressure on me. Now I'm nervous. <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's just every story. You know, sometimes you, you operate on a patient and you, you think you've given them wound care instructions and they come in a couple of weeks later Ugh. and they're dressing that you told them to remove three days later is still kind of sort of on and they've kind of somehow fakakta taped it on but it's wet and mealy underneath and you take that dressing off and it just reeks from just like dirty person and wound and I don't know why that came into my mind. Wound Um, care is important everyone. Wound care is important and Pay attention to what your doctor says. A little bit yeah and if you don't know call I don't know, for some reason, the smell popped into my nose mm-hmm. right now when you're just talking about gross, you know, and it kind of almost happens, you know, every couple of months, a patient will come in like that, and I'll be like, didn't, didn't they give you the paper that I fill out that tells you what to do with your wound? Yeah, but I didn't want to, uh. The funny thing, though, about wound, it's not so gross as, you know, a patient will come into the hospital for a procedure, mm-hmm. and they put on those, you know, they monitor their heart with the EKG leads, mm-hmm. and they put those stickers on you. And oftentimes, 
it's unfortunate. It's a problem with healthcare. They don't take those stickers off for you. Oh. You know, you're in the ER for an emergency. They put them on or whatever. They don't necessarily remember to remove those stickers. Okay. They just kind of assume someone else is going to remove them. So it's not uncommon for a patient to come in for some... I'm seeing it less so, but it still happens. A patient will come in a couple of weeks later after being in the hospital, and they still have these EKG <gasps> oh, leads on. No. And, and they're like, I didn't know. Was I supposed to remove it or leave <laughs> no. it on or... It's a it's a funny, weird, strange yeah. thing that sometimes we see. That is strange. But I've heard stories like that, too. Like, patients who just aren't educated will be given, like, a pill or a medicine, and they'll be like, take this three times a day, and the patient won't know that it's a pill, and they'll just put it on their hand. You know, like, wow, yeah. sometimes you really need to like give Like, you really have to explain, yes. Yeah, which yeah. is interesting. That is. Yeah. When, yeah. Not so gross, but... Informative. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you. Yeah. And in two weeks, we'll be back. Two weeks, right. So we'll be gone for two weeks. Mm -hmm. So have a great... Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. Have a happy, healthy holiday season. Whatever you celebrate. Have a happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. Yes. uh, Whatever it is. Right. So goodbye from Gross Anatomy. Bye. Bye. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening to Gross Anatomy. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can check out more episodes on the evolving sights, smells, and sounds of medicine.